This is Simply Real Estate with Todd C. Slater on In-Depth Radio, News Talk 1010. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to the show. I've got a great hour planned, but i got to tell you, i got to get something off my chest. You know, I, the provincial government, they stepped in it again this week. You know what? Somebody's going to have to clean their shoes sooner or later, but unfortunately, they think it's us. What am I talking about? What am I going on about? Well, how about this? An energy audit for your home when you sell it. You know, I've been in real estate for so many years now. I'm coming up to 30 years in this business. And I got to tell you, every once in a while, we get a curveball. And I'm really getting sick and tired of us trying to dodge everything. You know, a couple weeks ago, we were lambasted with the idea that we're going to double up the land transfer tax in the 905. And fortunately enough, people turned around and said, hey, we're not having that happen. And it has been turned around. But now, this week, it's sort of like add insult to injury. Now they want to turn around and make you have an energy audit of your home when you go to sell it. Now, this is crazy, folks. This doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Let's just take a look at some straight numbers. Sitting in the GTA this year, it looks like we're going to sell 100,000 properties. You know what? If we repeat this next year at $350 per audit, $35 million. And you know what the excuse is? They're sitting there saying they think that we're going to be able to spot where we are losing electricity and heat. Now, Here's the thing. Ontario Energy Minister Bob Torelli announced the intent to create a mandatory energy audit. Well, Mr. Torelli, you know what? My phone line's open for everybody, including you, at 416-872-1010 right here on News Talk 1010. I'd love for somebody to tell me the rationale behind this. Because when we take a look at an energy audit, if you're going to sell your home, what happens if you're knocking your home down? You know what? Out of these 100,000 homes we saw this year, we know for a fact that a minimum of 5,000 will be renovated and anywhere between two and 5,000 are going to be knocked down so they can build a new house. So why would you bother wasting our money on something like this? This makes no sense. Let's just keep throwing money away, folks. This makes no sense at all. Listen, it's a great idea that we're going to save some energy. We need to figure out what our future looks like. But, you know, this is not a smart way of doing it. Quite frankly, I look at this and say, okay, by the time they try to administer this, who's going to do it? When you sh turn around and put your property on the market, are you going to tell your, your realtor, oh, by the way, I haven't got my energy audit yet? And then what's going to happen? Are you going to get stuck or jammed? Turning around saying, I can't close my home because I didn't have an energy audit? What is the purpose of this? This makes no sense at all all. You know what? When we take a look at a lot of these properties that are being knocked down, look, we already know that the windows are shot. We already know the furnace is shot. This is why they're knocking them down. And if people are renovating, they're going in, they're gutting the entire thing. Now, how about this other thing, though? When we take a look at the real facts, a ton of homes this year that were sold are only from the ages of one to five. So do they need an energy audit? That's crazy. An energy audit on a two- or three-year-old home? Let's just keep throwing that money away. The provincial government's got it wrong. I'm waiting to see what they're really telling us about this entire thing. It's not making a whole lot of sense. So sorry, I had to get that off my chest because, again, when things happen like this, you know, if, if they don't make any sense and they're wasting our money, we should take a look at it and kind of figure it out. By the way, i got a great show planned for you today. We're going to be talking with first-time home buyers. So, again, you can reach me right here at 416-872-1010. Or you can text me at 71010. Regular text rate, rates apply, of course, but love to hear from you. If 
you are trying to get your first home, or for that matter, if you are a parent of a first-time home buyer. You know what? Maybe you're out there helping them out. And how about the people that are actually selling to the first-time home buyers? Are you licking your chops? You know what? There's lots of people that want to buy. I want to hear your stories and want to get an idea of what people are finding out in the marketplace. I'm going to give you some advice, of course. And a little bit later, I'm going to have Dave Butler. He's a mortgage specialist from Butler Mortgage. He's going to be joining us. We're going to be talking about interest rates. And on top of that, we're going to be giving first-time home buyers a bit of a clue what you should have lined up before you put in your offer. But hey, listen, the market is hot. We see it. This is one of the best Novembers. In fact, it is the best November we have ever seen. Last November, we saw over 7,385 homes sell. That's huge, folks. A few years ago, that would have been an, a massive sale for the month of May. So when we take a look at stuff like this, we got to say, is the market got some heat left in it? I think it's got lots of heat left in it. But here's the thing. Do not overextend yourself. That's one of the reasons why we're going to be talking to Dave a little bit later. And of course, being a first-time homebuyer, let's see if we can wade through some of those things. So it looks like I've got some callers, and I'm going to go to Gary in Toronto. Welcome to the show, Gary. Yeah, I just shook my head when I heard about that energy audit. I mean, especially in areas like Bathurst and Lawrence, a lot of these old post-war bungalows, people are buying them, and the first thing they're doing is pulling them into the road. They're not, uh, they're not living in them. They're simply going to be infilled with larger homes. What is the point of having an energy audit on something that's going to be, you know, towed away in a, in a dumpster? Yeah, Gary, thanks for the uh, for the call. I agree. Folks, this is the main problem that we've got out there right now. We've got so many properties that are being sold that are older, you know. And look, one of the reasons why Toronto's so attractive is it's got these old war style, you know, homes, smaller, you've got a big lot. Why not knock it down? Put up your Mansioni, something you're going to want to live in, and you can be sure that those are going to be energy efficient. You know, they're not going to have that old Harvest Gold fridge kicking around. You know, those don't even make a good beer fridge. So, we've got Cindy from Burlington. Hi, welcome to Simply Real Estate, Cindy. I'm good. Hi. So you I, you, you are for or against this energy audit? Oh, against it, against it. Um, you know, I'm an architect, and uh, um, we definitely don't need mandatory energy audits. Our utility bills are a good indicator of energy consumption. This is really a tax grab by the government and a job creation on the backs of homeowners. Cindy, but, I... You know, all houses are different in construction and size. So what does the energy audit really tell the home purchaser? Its, it's results are irrelevant to energy efficiency. Yeah, I agree, Cindy, and thanks for the call. You know what, folks? Cindy mentioned one thing that's really important here is the fact that, you know what, when you go to sell your home, make sure you've got a, at least one year of your invoices for your utilities kicking around so you can show people what kind of efficiency your home's running. And by the way, you know what? I was talking to Jerry Agar the other day on, on, on his show, and we're talking about home inspectors. Now, again, like realtors, there's good and bad home inspectors. And of course, when we take a look at some of these folks, you know, when you get a good home Home inspector, they're going to be able to tell you that, you know what, you need your windows replaced, you need your furnace replaced, you know, there is timelines for a lot of this stuff for your homes. Keep this in mind, okay? Because ultimately, in the end, you know what, you have to make the decision. Now, again, I'm all for making the world as green as possible. Let's take care of it. You know, I've got a young daughter. I want to make sure that she inherits a decent world that's going to be efficient. But at the same time, do we really want to throw this money away? I cannot rationalize what they are doing, and they haven't been very clear other than when you hear the word mandatory, I don't like it. They're telling you, you have to have this if you're going to sell your home. 
Again, craziness. You know, since we've had so many multiple offers this year here in the Toronto area, here's one of the things that we've got to look towards. What if you're in a multiple offer, 40 people, and you're going to turn around and put up your hand and say, hey, I'd like your energy audit. I want to see if this house is good. You know what? You're going to get laughed off the street. Your agent's going to be, your, your offer's going to come back to you in the back pocket and say, see you later. We're not interested. You know what? In a multiple offer, do you really believe that you're going to be able to bring up the word energy audit? Not a chance. And then, of course, when we take a look at what the brand new stuff, give me a break. If the builders aren't doing it right, then you know what? Go after the builders. So right now, anything between two and 10 years of age, it better be efficient. And everything about this whole idea is off the wall. I don't agree with it. And you know what? I think it's a complete waste of our time and our money. Hey, by the way, one of the things that we did notice this week, though, was that CMHC came out with a report regarding condominiums and who's buying them. And here's the thing, folks, not quite as many foreign investors are buying condominiums. In fact, only about 3.3% of all condominium sales in Toronto are from people that live abroad, meaning that you send the tax bill to them in another country. So this is how they do the study. They turn around and say, okay, where is your mailing address? Now, of course, some buyers may turn around and bring a family member into the mix and they will turn around and buy a property, stick the family member in it. But ultimately, in the end, we can only work on the data that is provided to us. So 3.3% of condominiums being sold to foreign investors. You know, if you listen to some of the uh, some of the news, though, you'd think 50 or 60% of these units are being sold to foreign investors. So, you know, once you get a number in front of you, you kind of shake your head. Vancouver's in the same boat. 3.2% of the condominiums being sold in Vancouver are going out to, for, going out to the foreign buyers. And of course, when we take a look at stuff like this, we have to keep in mind, what is it that people are out there buying? Who's buying it? And are they going to pull the rug out from underneath us and the market drop off? Chances are no. The truth is, taking a look at it, always keep in mind, interest rates, when are they going to go up? We're going to talk a little bit about that after the break. What are we going to anticipate as far as growth next year? You know what? This has been one heck of a year. 2015, definitely the year of real estate in Toronto. The question is, will it continue? I don't know, but we'll talk more about that, of course. And later in the hour, I want to hear from some first-time homebuyers. Have you been struggling? Or are you a parent of a first-time homebuyer? You're trying to get your kids out. You want to get the empty nest syndrome, but you can't because you know what? They can't find a house. Well, you know what? There's lots of opportunities out there, but unfortunately, it's not always the shiny penny. You have to start thinking to yourself, what is it that you're going to end up buying? Well, doesn't always have to have stripped hardwood floor. doesn't have to have granite countertops. Keep in mind that a lot of sweat equity, putting in some of the stuff yourself is a great idea. So when we come back, we will talk more about that. Now, more of Simply Real Estate with host Todd C. Slater on News Talk 1010. And welcome back. So we've been talking about that new energy audit and how incredible intelligent it is. I'm going to take a quick caller before I get to Dave Butler. Bruce, welcome to the show. Hi there. Hi there. So what do you think about this energy audit? Well, I mean, you buy a new home or you buy a house, any house, and the, the furnace and the windows and things in those houses are good for 20, 30 years. You, you buy a new home and you sell it five years later, and they want you to have an energy audit, and those things are considered still to be brand new. Like, what a waste of money. It is, Bruce, and I would agree with you 100%, because this, this is one of the things, folks, when I take a look at the idea of energy audits on anything within 10 years, first of all, it's wasting our money, and when we start adding it up, thanks by, for the call, by the way, Bruce, when we start adding this all up, you know, we take a look at some of this stuff and say to ourselves, hey, 
if we're going to sell 100,000 properties in a year in the GTA and you're going to watch $35 million go out to a piece of paper that everybody already knows the answer to, are we trying to achieve something? See, they haven't told us they're going to enforce it yet, but if they do, that's going to be the problem and that's where we're going to have a real uproar. So listen, I'm going to go to my guest today because he's it's awesome that he was able to join us here. Dave Butler from Butler Mortgage. Hey, Dave, welcome to the show. Thanks, Todd. How you doing? Good, thanks. Good. Listen, thanks for taking your time out on a Saturday. I know, I think you've got a Christmas party you guys have to take care of, so I appreciate your time today. So, Dave, you know, you and I were talking a little bit earlier in the week. We were talking about interest rates. Where do you see them going? Well, it's it's tough to say. I mean, I've seen a kind of cyclical thing happen in the last three years where in October, November, December, we've actually seen the rates go up. Uh, The bond yields haven't spiked, uh, kind of correlating to the same rate increases. So I'm not sure if there's a cyclical thing going on in the last three, four years where the rates have kind of jumped up a little bit in uh, kind of October, November, December, and then we've seen them come back down in the beginning of the spring market in around March, April, May. And I'm not sure, I mean, there's a lot of discussion amongst mortgage brokers as to what's going on, but a lot of us think that this may be a a cyclical thing where the banks are all just deciding, hey, we're not going to compete that hard for the 25% of business that's done in that time, and then we're going to kind of go crazy and uh, really fight against each other for that 75% of the business that's done in those six, seven months in the summer and spring there. Yeah. So, you know, Dave, for the last 20 years, I mean, you you know that, you know, I used to play in real estate a lot. And one of the the things that I saw was I saw exactly what you're referring to. We see a little bit of a blip up. But what ends up happening is all of a sudden it handcuffs all the first-time homebuyers because they are so rate sensitive. And then all of a sudden we see a bit of a fall off through that market. And then the bank realizes, hey, we we better throw out a little little bit of a motivation here so they bring them back down and all of a sudden it's business as usual so have you have you seen that as the cycle that's pretty much exactly it i mean it's again it's it seems to be have been kind of the last three four years where rates have stayed fairly constant so you're kind of seeing now a battle of basis points between the banks uh, for a certain percentage of businesses. But I, I've actually seen exactly the same thing that you have. Well, if you remember a few years back when we had uh, we had BMO jump off the 3% <laughs> bandwagon, if you remember, yes, the government is. went ballistic. And I think, was it Jim Flaherty that turned around and said, hey, you can't do that? Yeah, so, it was, uh, it was... that was an interesting time for sure. I mean, <laughs> it, actually, the funny, the, the funny thing that you bring up with BMO is that we're all sitting there as brokers going, okay, well, rates are going up a little bit now. Let's wait for the spring when BMO does their rate cut, and then everybody seems to follow after that. So, Well, you know, because real estate is so cyclical, it's also making your business the same. You know, we see a huge push, obviously, in the spring markets. But, you know, Dave, have you noticed this year we have been pretty much pedal to the metal the entire year? It, it, it's been an interesting year. I got to say, I've never had a November or December like this. Usually December is when I get to get my Christmas shopping done, spend some time with family. Uh, but yet I'm still putting in midnight days uh, working, trying to keep up with the volume. So yeah, it's, it's been incredible. I mean, it's, it's, there's definitely been a slight drop off just from the, rates move, the rate movement. But again, I mean, I, this is a record December for us and a record November for us. Yep. So, you know, uh, uh, just a quick advice for some first-time homebuyers. You know, one of the things that I think that we should understand is that they need to go in armed with a pre-approval, understand the numbers. What kind of advice can you give to our first-time homebuyer audience? Well, I mean, just what you said. I mean, the first thing that a first-time homebuyer has got to be doing is, is getting a pre-approval, figuring out what you can afford, uh, figuring out kind of what interest rate you're looking at, what your payments are going to be. You know, I, I, unfortunately, I get a lot of calls where people say, hey, I want to get pre-approved. What's my maximum? And, you know, it's it's 
in a way, that's kind of a sad call because, you know, I'd love to get your maximum, but I also think affordability should be a concern there as well. I mean, someone might be able to afford something on paper, but does that really mean that you should be buying it? Let's look at other things. Let's look at your car loans. Let's look at maybe you've got kids going to school soon. Let's, let's look at everything overall. Let's look at an overall picture to really decide what you afford. I mean, I think that's the biggest thing is that a lot of brokers get caught in this, here's your maximum, here's your maximum, here's your maximum. But that's, you know, I don't know if that's just the market and the way it is these days, but I still think affordability, uh, you know, and overall kind of uh, family expenses and future expenses should definitely be taken into consideration. Yeah, Dave, you know, I agree. And and the nice thing is Butler Mortgage has been around a long time. You know, uh, it's your family that owns it. The one, one nice thing that I hear and I want my, our listeners to understand is that, you know, what Dave is telling us is that don't always max yourself out, you know, because there's going to come a time where life intervenes. And, you know, instead of maxing it out, you know, pull back a little. And Dave, one of the things, like you said, you know, people sit there and they want to know the maximum number because they want to get the most house. Mm-hmm. But yet the afford of life always changes it up. Absolutely. And, and folks, if you're if you're just tuning into us, you're listening to Dave Butler from Butler Mortgage. I'm your host, Todd C. Slater, right here at Simply Real Estate. And one of the things that we want to do is we want to get some callers in for some first-time home buyers. I want to have a chat with them. And if you're the parents of a first-time home buyer, love to chat with you and see if we can set a couple of things straight. But Dave, you know, if there's one piece of advice you can say, would it be, you know, make sure you keep upping your pre-approval, meaning that you always make sure it's, you know, up to date, make sure you're in, com- you know, com- conversation with your mortgage specialist? Absolutely. I mean, your mortgage broker should be kind of re-upping your pre-approval every 90 to 120 days. And especially if the rates are in a kind of an upward movement, let's say for a week, your broker should be going and getting a couple more pre-approvals from a couple different lenders just to make sure that you've got some flexibility on rate locks. But I mean, one of the other actually good things I could talk about while I was listening to your show there, Todd, is that, you know, you were talking about, you know, these doesn't have to be the perfect house. You know, we need to, you know, you don't need the hardwood floors. You don't need the granite. A lot of people forget that there's a CMHC uh, Purchase Plus Improvements Program that can be built into giving you, you know, into your mortgage where you're getting money to do some of these little things you do. Like if you see a house and it's beautiful, but it doesn't have that kitchen you want, there's nothing wrong with going and getting a quote from a contractor, giving that to your mortgage broker early in the process, and him going to the lender and trying to get CMHC to insure it for a Purchase Plus Improvements. That's a program where they actually will take that quote and if as long as you're approved, they're going to give you that amount of money added to your mortgage, and you get to use that to do the renovations on the home to kind of get it to the specs that you want. Okay, so Dave, listen, I'm going to ask you to hang on because we're going to go to a quick break, and um, you know, I want to talk more about uh, you know, obviously, first-time home buyers, a little bit about the program like that. People can improve. So when we come back, folks, to Simply Real Estate, we've got more with Dave Butler from Butler Mortgage, and we're going to talk more about the first-time home buyer market and what you should know. So we'll be right back. You're listening to Simply Real Estate with Todd C. Slater on In-Depth Radio, News Talk 1010. And welcome back to Simply Real Estate. My guest this hour is Dave Butler from Butler Mortgage. Hey, Dave, thanks for hanging on during news. No problem. Thank you. So, Dave, you know, it was interesting because um, we were just having a little chat here while we were listening to the news, and my producer, Ian Grant, asked a really good question, was, hey, what happens when you said that, you know, you re-up the mortgage commitment every 90 to 120 days, does that then ding your credit report again, or is it just simply recommitting to it? No, it shouldn't. I mean, a lot of, uh, I mean, pretty much 99% of the mortgage lenders that we're using are using the credit bureau that's been processed by the mortgage broker. So as long as it's not, you know, it's not past the 30-day mark, we're usually able to use it. Now, the other thing I try to explain to people is that 
car loan companies, car lease companies, mortgage companies. These are considered a soft hit on your credit bureau. So I could actually run someone's credit bureau by accident eight times in a row, and their score will never be affected. This is really important, and one thing that a lot of people don't know, because the constant thing, you know, constant thing I get is, well, is it going to hurt my credit bureau? And my answer is no. As long as it's a mortgage brokerage or a car lease company or car loan company, the government has basically tried to give you allowance to be able to shop for that stuff. So they really don't ding your score. It'll show up as an inquiry, so you'll see Butler Mortgage on there, but it actually has no effect on your score whatsoever. Okay, so that's really important for our listeners to understand this, because folks, if you're just tuning in, we're listening to Dave Butler from Butler Mortgage, and Dave, just so I get it straight, it is butlermortgage.ca if they have any inquiries. Is that right? Absolutely, yeah. So, you know, when we talk about credit score, this is really important. I'm not sure that our first-time homebuyer market understands how important it is to have good credit when you're trying to get that max approval on a mortgage. It's pretty much one of the most important things, in my opinion. I mean, number you know, if I was to give you kind of a brief synopsis of you know, mortgage underwriting, it's number one is credit, number two is income, and number three is down payment. So, I mean, and in that order of importance. Well, you know, an interesting thing, you know, I'm pretty sure that you've got, sometimes you'll have a, uh, you know, a family member step in, they'll do perhaps be a co-signer, they'll go on title with somebody, you know, or they'll turn around and, you know, you get uh, family members that'll give you some down payment. But your credit score really does tell the tale of how you're going to repay that loan. And of course, you use a lot of the major lenders, so you want to make sure that you can position it and get the best interest rate. Absolutely. I mean, you know, the goal the goal for every home buyer should be to be able to get a mortgage from a quote-unquote a lender. I mean, you don't want to necessarily be using a B lender on your first purchase, uh, or even a B lender if you can if you if you if you can avoid it. So, I mean, ultimately, credit is going to be the number one determination as to whether you're getting a good mortgage or whether you're having to go get one of those kind of subprime mortgages. Yeah, fair enough. So if you're just tuning in, we're talking about uh, mortgages with Dave Butler from Butler Mortgage. And if you have a question for Dave, you can reach us here at 872-1010, or you can text us at... 71010 regular rates apply. But you know, one of the things, Dave, that I, I, I think that we have to realize that sooner or later, we're going to see a bit of an uptick in interest rates, even if it's a half a point, but that's going to be driven more by the Bank of Canada. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think we'd all be pretty foolish if we think that rates are going to stay this low forever. I mean, we've hit historical lows in the last couple of years. So I think it might be a little overzealous to think that they're going to stay where they are. Uh, that's why I think well, pre-approval is even much more important to sit down with your broker or your bank and discuss these things. And, you know, for instance, if you're taking a variable rate, you need to know the pros and cons to this. You need to know what would the payment be if it goes up a couple points. This is something that we like to sit down and explain to our clients because, again, it comes back to affordability. You know, I always say that there's what you qualify for, and then there's what you afford. Uh, and I think that's a really important distinction that needs to be made. Yeah, I agree. You know, you can you can afford a really nice place and eat craft dinner. And, <laughs> and you know, that's that's not the way you want to be doing it. You don't want to be that tight. Now, Dave, a couple things. When we, when we take a look at a market like this, you know, obviously, you know, get people pre-approved. Big, big, big importance here. Yeah. You know, we know the Bank of Canada eventually is going to move, but right now, 2016 looks pretty much clear sailing. You know, we still are struggling with unemployment here. You know, there are issues, obviously. What about the term of the mortgage? Because, you know, for our listeners just tuning in, you know, the idea of a mortgage term, a lot of people like the idea of doing a fixed. Some people want to do variable. They want to do a five-year term. They want to leave it open. If you're talking to first-time homebuyers, what do you normally advise? 
a lot of times I'll ask what kind of knowledge they have for the different products, uh, whether it's fixed or variable, and then we try to sit down and explain to them the big differences. Obviously, fixed is a lot easier to explain. Here's your rate. Here's what it is. This is what it's going to be for the next couple of years. Variable is a lot different. I mean, you really have to get into the schematics of the Bank of Canada meeting eight times a year, and the potential movement amounts that can be made, you know, history of what's happened in the last couple of years as far as the movement, so that they get a really generalized picture. And then as far as the, uh, the length of the term, I mean, you know, the one thing that a lot of people don't know that are going to be first-time buyers is that a lot of people will throw out this five-year rate, five-year rate, five-year rate. There's a reason for the five-year rate being thrown out a lot, and that's because that's the product that the banks compete the most on. So if you think about it, they're actually making the least amount of money off the five-year term because it's one of these things where the banks all compete over it. Banks assume that for five years they're going to be able to get a client, sell them some RSPs, sell them this, sell them that. So that's kind of the benchmark for a bank is to get you for five years. They're, buy, you know, they're pretty much competing against each other, knocking that rate down. So that, they're not making as much profit off that five year fixed. So in my opinion, the five-year or the five-year variable is a good value bet. It's kind of like it's, it's going to be your best value term. You can certainly go with a one-year, two-year, three-year, depending on your situation. Maybe you're planning on selling in a certain amount of time. But the one thing I tell everyone is those aren't the rates that are the most competitive. So that means you might be not getting the best value rate because it's maybe a rate that the, the you know, maybe out of the you know, big six banks, only three of them are really competing hard for that two-year or one-year term. So the five-year is always thrown out mainly because it's considered the best value in the sense that the banks are fighting the hardest for that particular product. Yeah, and you know, I like the idea of five-year rates a lot for, again, the first-time home buyer because, first of all, then they know what they have to meet for the next five years. Mm -hmm. You know, they know their expenses, they know what they have to focus on. You know, one of the things that, you know, we always try to advise people is make sure you have a couple of extra mortgage payments in the bank, you know, because if something goes awry, you know, that's huge for people because, you know, you never know what's going to happen. But ultimately, in the end, you know, I think that when when we take a look at rates as attractive as the five-year rate is today, I would say that, you know, the advice to some of these first-time buyers is that, you know what, lock it in, get your mortgage pay down, because you know what, they're going to get it over the next five years. Make sure you work on on the property. You know, we were talking earlier about the idea of buying a property and actually doing some improvements, Mm -hmm. you know, and again, I think that that's maybe the big misperception that people want to walk into the shiny penny, everything's Mm -hmm. done for them, but yet they're not building equity. They're paying off somebody else's improvements. A hundred percent. I mean, and that's why I always throw out those Purchase Plus Improvements programs because they really are the way to get, you know, and I see the same thing you do. I mean, I, I've got clients that'll say, hey, you know, they'll call me up. I've, been, I've pre-approved them a certain amount, and they'll call me up the next day and say, oh, we just saw this place. It's beautiful. It's 50000 higher than my max. Can I do it? And it's like, you know, guys, there's different ways to approach this. I mean, you know, really, realistically, you know, I can get you that house for five hundred thousand as opposed to five fifty, as long as you go buy the place for four seventy five and I'll get you a purchase plus improvements loan and we'll basically bring that value up to the five fifty that you wanted. But again, you you know, you're right. A lot of people they really just see with their eyes and I mean you can't fault them for that, but they're really trying to get what it is they want, but they're, you know, maybe it's miseducation. They don't know that there's these programs available, and that's the sad part is that a lot of people at the banks and even a lot of brokers, I mean, they're not going to be sitting there and explaining this to the client, and that's, that's a huge thing, and I think that's just part of choosing the right broker, choosing the right bank, whoever's going to be working with you. You need to have someone that you can get the answers from that you need, and someone that's going to have an in-depth knowledge of the different programs that are out there, because it's not just vanilla. There's a lot of different flavors. So, Dave, can you, uh, can you give our listeners a way to contact you, both number and and, of course, we know your website is uh, butlermortgage.ca. Yeah, absolutely. But wh- where's the number that everybody can listen to? The best number to reach me at is going to be one 684 
888-888-8326. I'm also a real big fan of email, so dave.butler at butlermortgages.com. A little bit of different domain there, but dave.butler at butlermortgages.com. And, I mean, we're happy to answer any questions that anybody has. I mean, this is just what we do. I mean, I've, I've been in this business for a long time. This is a family business, so I don't really know much else. I'm not good at anything else in life aside from mortgages. <laughs> so uh, feel free if anybody needs to contact me for anything. I'm happy to help them out. Well, listen, Dave, thanks for so much for joining me today. I appreciate you taking your time out before your Christmas party. Make sure you, you know, enjoy it. Say Thank hi to you. everybody. Everybody and uh, you know, thanks for thanks for joining us today. Really appreciate the opportunity, Todd. Have a good one and take care. Yeah, thanks, thanks so much. Bye bye. So, folks, that was Dave Butler. He was joining us from Butler Mortgage, and of course, Dave's uh, email or sorry, his website is butlermortgage.ca. You know, it's interesting though when you talk to a mortgage broker that knows what they're doing, folks. You're going to get solid advice. And one of the things I've always told people: make sure you line up your professionals. You know, we talk about home inspectors, we talk about lawyers, but your mortgage is so important. If you start off on the right foot, you're going to make sure that you get a great start, you get a good product, you make it easy to pay, and ultimately at the end of the day, you're going to definitely succeed. So when we come back after the break, we've got more here on Simply Real Estate. I'm your host, Todd C. Slater, and we'll be right back. Now, back to Simply Real Estate with Todd C. Slater, In-Depth Radio, News Talk 1010. And welcome back. You know, it was great having Dave Butler from Butler Mortgage on, having a little chat about mortgages. But, you know, it's interesting because I was you know, throwing it out there for all the first-time homebuyers that are struggling with the market, and apparently there's none of them. And the parents, you know what? Obviously, you're not getting the kids out the door, or you're okay with them living with you. So, hey, that's okay. But, you know, one of the things that we were talking about earlier, of course, is the idea of an energy audit. And I've got to tell you, you know, as you could tell, I get a little excited about that one because, quite frankly, I think it's a complete waste of taxpayers' money. If you've got a call, you want to throw your opinion against it or for an energy audit, you can reach me here at 416-872-1010 or you can text me at 71010. Regular rates apply. Um, you know, it's kind of interesting because when when we have a couple of topics come up, you know, obviously when the government wants to abuse us, and that's what I consider, so the abusing tax dollars, you know, a lot of people, they put up their arms and say, hey, listen, this isn't fair, this isn't fair. Well, when we had the land transfer tax that was being entertained on the 905, everybody turned around and they started signing petitions. So good for you. You know, the real estate uh, board got involved and pretty much they stuffed it. And that if that's what it takes, then we need to stand up for ourselves when we're taking a look at this kind of stuff. Again, this whole energy audit thing has got me a little bit riled. Uh, I'm not thrilled about it. I think it's complete invasion and, you know, I'm not, I'm not a big fan. So, um, so I've got a caller in. It's Peter from Mississauga. Hi, Peter. Thanks for joining the show. How are you? Good. Thanks. So, so you've got, you've got the idea of keeping the kids at home. Is that right? Well, no, I'm I'm from a culture where the kids stay home until they get married, more or less. That's how it's always been over the last, I don't know how many years. I'm 30. I'm still at home. And it's one of those things, every time I bring it up to my parents, they look at me like, why do you want to spend money? Just save it. <laughs> Whatever you put towards the mortgage right now, or that you would be putting towards the mortgage, put into an account where it'll gain interest, so your mortgage payments down the road are a lot less. 
Well, you know, that's a, that's a great point, and uh, I thank you for your call, Peter, because a lot of people aren't aware that, you know, a lot of times people are staying home. They've got, you know, a lot of the homes are big nowadays, so having having their kids, you know, start even their families, they'll set up a basement apartment. This is not uncommon, and it allows you to save a little bit more for a down payment. So I'm not, I, I, just so we're clear, I am not set against that. I think it's a great thing if your parents are able to do it, and, you know, you're okay with everything, you know, it's cohabitating, of course, at that point, because you have nothing but adults in the house. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. But again, you know, we're taking a look at this first-time home buying market, and it's been a little bit of a rocky road for a few people because prices have gone up. But then again, interest rates are quite low. So now we've got Raul from Toronto. Thanks for your call. Welcome to Simply Real Estate. Hello. Hi there. Hi. Uh, so I just heard you say something about the home audit energy, correct? Yes. You. We were I talking about the energy audit. Yeah, exactly. I just wanted to point out, I own a house which is about 60 years old, so I'm pretty sure my house energy audit would be not as satisfactory as somebody else's owns whose house is maybe a couple of years old, you know what I mean? Right. But what, I, I'm, I'm, what I'm trying to say is that we can sit here and discuss all day regarding this, uh, whether it's a good or bad, but it's not like government's going to listen to us, because at the end of the day, look at, look at what they're doing with Hydro One. You know what I mean? You know, that's a that's a very good point, Raul. But I would say that, you know, the government and actually, you know, public outcry on the land transfer tax out in the 905, I'm I'm hoping that that had some effect. And I would agree with you. But, you know, part of this this whole um, idea here is if you're if you're getting an energy audit on a 60-year-old home, it's a complete waste of money. And you and I both know that. So thanks, Raul, for, for your call. And folks, you know, this, this is the point. You know, when is an energy audit, when does it make sense? Now, you know, I, I, I've got a, uh, I've got a text in that says, you know, consider what the cost of the bureaucracy to run the home energy inspection program. And I'd say, bingo, you are so dead on with that. I would agree 100%. You know what? It's just, they're going to have a reason now because there's going to be cost overruns. By the way, thanks for that text because, you know what, that's one of those things I've been thinking about for a long time. How are you going to administer this? You know, they're not going to be making uh, realtors responsible for it. I mean, you know, most of the time they can barely get the offer to, to the person that they're uh, trying to represent. So how are you going to run this? The, the government itself is just setting themselves up for more money. So um, I'm going to go to Lynn. Lynn, welcome to Simply Real Estate. And I understand you're kind of furious about this energy audit. Uh, yes, Todd, I am. Uh, it's ob- an obvious tax grab. It's obvious government control. They, they just control. Every time we turn around, we're being controlled again. And... It's very scary because I, I, I did hear that if they find uh, things that need to be fixed on your house before you list it, you have to fix those things. Can you imagine the complications and the cost overrun well, of such things? Sure. And, Lynn, you know, this is, this is where we're not 100% sure. Right now, they're telling us, and by the way, thanks for your call. Um, you know, they're telling us right now that there's going to be an energy audit. It's got to be go with every home that is sold. But the point is, is what are they going to mandate us to do about it? I mean, is this just kind of an FYI? And this is where I get my frustration out. Because, look, you're going to have a home inspection, or you should have a home inspection. And, and folks, if you've been tuning into the show for the last few years, you'll always know... No matter what, my opinion is this, and I'm really steadfast about this. If you're going after a home that everybody else wants, 
You know there's going to be multiple offers. They have delayed the offers for a week. Get a home inspection done. I'm sorry. Do not throw caution to the wind. You know, my my producer, Ian Grant, we talked about this in the summer. He went through a whole bunch of hoops because he bought a property, had the home inspector take a look at it, and it was an absolute mess. Fortunately, him and his family did find a home later, and it is the perfect house. You know, they've made it their home. But, you know, this is the fact. Do not go in blindly. You never know what you're buying. And if they're not allowing, if they're going to delay the offers, then they have to allow you to get a home inspector in there. Protect yourself. And as Lynn was saying, you know, what happens if they start telling us what to do about our homes? You know, I always joke about the idea, you know, I've gone into so many homes and you take a look at the old fridges and stoves and they've got that beautiful green or that that old gold color. Listen, we know those aren't energy efficient. So what do you need the government to tell you that? You know, it's a 30-year-old fridge, but it works. It's reliable. It becomes a beer fridge. What, you're going to tell us that it, you know, it's not efficient? We already know that. You know, this is the thing. Again, government treating us like children, but here's the funny thing is they want you to write the check. So, you know, when we're talking about first-time homebuyers with Dave Butler, there's a couple of things that I just, you know, I need to get off my chest because this kind of stuff, when we talk about first-time homebuyers and what they're looking for and what they're trying to do, you know, one of the things I've recognized over the last few years, you know, staying in tune with the real estate market, watching what's going on, is that the world has lost a lot of its personality. So what we're finding is, of course, you know, people that are throwing offers out and all it is is that they literally sign three offers, throw it at three houses, they get one, they end up buying it. And really, there's no relationship between the agents. It's not really them actually presenting the case for the actual buyer. You know, when you hear about 80 offers, what are the chances are that the actual homeowner really cares who gets the property in the end? You know, ultimately, they're looking for the almighty buck. But where we've lost our personality, I think, is that when we start taking a look at all the tablets and all the phones and, and quite frankly, everything is just emailed and sent away, you know, there's really no negotiation. There's no learning who the buyer is. And folks, you know, sooner or later, we have to pass the torch to some of the first-time homebuyers. Sooner or later, you know, you're going to move up and you need to be able to pass this on. Maybe it's better that you know who's actually going to buy your home you know, they're going to create a home. But with the lack of personality now in some of these offers, this is where it's like, okay, well, what do you know about the person? Well, they came in at $50,000 over asking. Okay, do you know anything else? No, it's $50,000 over asking. Do you want your home to be sold to a family that's going to create a home? I don't know. You know what? I, I, maybe I'm a little old school. Maybe, you know, I'm going, I, I'm dating myself here. But I like the idea that if you're going to sell a home, make sure you're selling it to somebody that's going to create a home. Now, I'm not telling you to take less money, but perhaps there's a reason why you need to sell it to them. You know, this is the one thing, and it's so important. So, you know, I just went to our, 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 our chat board, and again, it says, I'm worried about being forced to replace my window insulation in the walls or roof. You know, Lynn, the one thing I have to tell you is that to, to, to be able to police this is almost going to be impossible for them to actually enforce people. Now, are they going to start fining you? Are they going to start registering things on your taxes? I highly doubt it. I think the idea of creating more energy efficient homes is a good idea. I think the whole idea of an energy audit is absolutely ridiculous. I don't know how they're ever going to enforce this. I don't even know how they're going to administer it. You know, like I said, we had 100,000 homes by December 31st, 2015, we will have probably sold over 100,000 homes in the GTA. 
$35 million if everybody had to have a home have a home energy audit. If that's the case, we just threw a ton of money away. Now, you know, I had a great guest on today, Dave Butler from Butler Mortgage. Thanks so much for joining us, Dave. You know what? It was awesome having you. Folks, I hope you got a little bit of clarity on the fact that when you're buying something, you can actually have a little bit of a purchase plus improvement model to your mortgage. Remember, when you're looking at things, understand what your mortgage truly, truly is. It's so important that you know that if a fixed rate mortgage, it's going to lock you in, you pick your term. Remember, most people are running with about 25-year amortizations right now. And one of the things that just came down, of course, is that they're thinking of boosting the minimum down payment. Up over $700,000, they are going to say that you need to have a minimum of 10% down. Look, I think that's a great idea. If CMHC throws that out there, I would agree. You know what? You don't need to be leveraged to that level. If you're buying something for $700,000, 5% down is making it really skinny. This starts sounding like the U.S. market, and that's the problem with us, folks. We don't want to see a repeat. So remember, let's add a little bit of personality. If you're out there negotiating, hey, agents, if you're listening to me, plead your client's case. Win them that house, okay? We got to get these first-time homebuyers moving along. I'm Todd C. Slater. You've been listening to Simply Real Estate, and I'll talk to you next Saturday right here at News Talk 1010 at 4 p.m. Thanks for listening. This is Simply Real Estate with Todd C. Slater on In-Depth Radio, News Talk 1010.